feel like Gordon Bombay would have taken his career to even further heights. Everything's flashy, everything's cocaine, everything's fun. Open wide for some soccer. I don't care what you think about, what your personal thoughts are at home. I care that you hate the Cowboys. Call this college rule! Welcome, everybody, to the Sports Experience Podcast. I'm Chris. This is Dom. We are just a couple of comics talking sports. Before we get started, please do all the social media things that we need you to do. We need like your socials. <laughs> comment. Share. Uh, viruses. I may or may not yeah. sleep with you if you follow us. That's, That's true. your decision. Not but. sex. He is the king cuddler. Yes. So, mm-hmm. Just saying. Cuddle champion. But if you do want a dinger, he is hitting him. All right. <laughs> We are in the middle of our block episode of Father and Sons. Last episode was Calvin Hill, the running back. This episode is... Grant Hill, the small forward. There you the go. The amazing small forward who kind of had a career trajectory like his dad in pro sports. Very Ooh. much, and they I swear to God, they almost did it to themselves, but... And and it's the, not their fault. Yes. It's like, goodwill. it's not your fault. Well, I feel like it, Grant really is the last, like, I feel like he's the the reference. They're just like, yeah, you're not playing on that injury. It's just going to make it worse. How are you walking? Yeah, that. Oh, my God. Uh, Grant Henry Hill, uh, born October 5th, 1972 in Dallas, Texas, obviously. Because is that at a thousand yard rushing that year? Come on. His dad was making them babies on and off the field. Uh, Calvin, his dad, a Pro Bowl running back, most notably uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, his mom, Janet, worked at the Pentagon, as we had discussed. So he has a very well-to-do upbringing in the because they eventually settle in Northern Virginia, D.C. area. Um, uh, kind of an, a very uh, different upbringing, I should say. Well-to-do, very different from everyone. Well, it, like we were talking about in the in the Calvin episode that. For his area, it was very um, – he was like, yeah, everybody grew up in politics and their parents were, you know, working for whoever. I or, knew that intern that did stuff. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Monica was my babysitter. But that's <laughs> like that's the thing because it, it was normal for him, but he said that like when he went to college and was talking about it, he was like, oh, yeah, it wasn't normal. And the thing that he said he wanted as a kid – like he, and he would bring it up all the time. Was he wanted siblings and he wanted like cousins? He was, he was an only child, just like actually both of his parents were only child. Yep, uh, and children. they. I thought it was interesting because his mom was like, "Me and his father loved being an only child." Grant hated it. And yeah, it was like, <laughs> oh yeah, that kind of sucks. And that was kind of the struggle as he grew up. Is he just wanted to fit in and be normal and be one of the guys? And it's like, well, your parents are ridiculously educated, ridiculously well to do, and his dad was famous. And his dad was famous. And you think for Grant, and I always look at it like this, and what he ended up accomplishing. When you come up with almost nothing, you know. Failure is not an option. For Grant Hill, he could have did whatever he wanted. He could have sat on his you know, ass and done nothing in life. But the fact that he had the type of hunger and the type of parents and role models in his life, it's like, hell yeah, man. Good for you, dude. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when he was not allowed to play football up until the ninth grade. Um, I think his parents uh, might have uh, seen what happened to Calvin. And I was been like, which well. is rare for the time, mm-hmm. but now you look at it as like, oh, that's like kind of common. And it, you have to have Calvin being like, no, he shouldn't play football. Not until he's a little bit older and bigger. Yeah, uh, in eighth grade at Lawton uh, Junior High School, um, he was very kind of shy about his parents. Um, uh, 
you know, careers and things. He faked a, an illness to go to the nurse's office. He was so nervous his dad was speaking at the school. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Um, he uh, picked up uh, basketball, though, and uh, one of his practices, um, his dad showed up in, like, a Mercedes, and he felt embarrassed because his dad showed up in a Mercedes because he didn't want the other kids to feel bad. <laughs> he made him come in the uh, family VW after that. Well, it's... It really is more of like the money, you know what I mean? Or or like the famous where he doesn't want like the attention for nothing. Yeah, like you know? even as a freshman in high school when he's starting yep. for varsity, he's getting recruiting letters and he's telling him to keep them in the office so his teammates don't feel bad. Well, he the coach originally asked him to be on the varsity team and he said no. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which is kind of ridiculous when you think about it, but he said he wanted to play with his friends. That's what he was doing. And then his friends heard it was just like, no, you made the varsity yeah, team. You need this to play awesome. for them. Yeah. You're like Adam Banks in D3. Go and That's do right. it. Just don't go back. It's true. Don't go back. Um, at South Lakes High School. Um, basically just emerges as one of the most dominant players in the country. Yep. Because he's... The same weight as his dad, he's just got four inches on him. So he's like 6'8 in high school, just absolutely out and out dominating everybody. But like some of these guys. Great All-American, McDonald's All-American, yeah. And just built of muscle. So you know how like some guys are like super skinny in high school and they gain a bunch. Like he was already built, like ready to go, yeah. Yeah. Um, so when it comes time to pick a school, oh, I love uh, this. oh God, oh, the story's here. His mom wants him initially to go to Georgetown because mm-hmm. it's close to home and a great school because Grant, much like his parents, ridiculously smart. And this is, this is the thing that I, I have to say is they wanted him to go to a really good basketball school. Georgetown, but also a really good education. Yes, school. an Ivy League style. I mean, Georgetown's not, but whatever. Uh, but North it, Carolina was his dad's choice. Yep. North Carolina is probably one of the best public schools, colleges in the entire country. It's one of actually the oldest too. Yep. So and you know and a great basketball program at this time. But there's an incident I don't know if you had heard about where Georgetown is trying to recruit him. Oh, and I what happens? I didn't hear about All that. All right. Well, let's go into it. So allegedly, this story goes, he's meeting with an academic advisor and head coach at the time, John Thompson. Mm-hmm. The academic advisor, what they do for all of Georgetown's athletes, asks him after like the workout and stuff to read a book. And not only read the book to prove that he can read, but tell her and Thompson what he read. He was so pissed off by that. Yeah, Yeah. just insulted. He's like, you do know who my parents are, right? And you have my academic records. Yeah, like literally he... It's like the freaking Simpsons with the Yale when they try and get Rodney Dangerfield. He spelled Yale with a six. You know, Yale could use an international airport. (laughs) Like, he was so pissed off by that. He was like, well, I'm definitely going to North Carolina. But he doesn't choose North Carolina, just another school in North Carolina. I, I thought it was interesting because he ends up choosing Duke. Duke is not a powerhouse in basketball at this point. Well, actually, they are. Oh, did they win? They, the- they, well, no, they, they hadn't won yet. Okay. But they had made the NCAA final in, I believe, 86. And then I oh, think Oh, yeah, with Leitner. Yes, yeah, you're right. And then they you're had right. the previous two years, they had made the final four, lost in the um, uh, semifinal, and then they got absolutely just ass blasted by UNLV the year before Check Grant out that got episode. there. Yes, uh, UNLV but, tarked the shark. But they were like, uh, th- that was the, they were like this up and coming. They weren't like the North Carolina, UCLA, Georgetown, where they had this. They're coming out of nowhere and, and making everyone hate them in the ev- process. Well, everybody thought he was going to go to North Carolina, and he said that my 
Mike Shashevsky had this talk with him about and it for Shashevsky's credit, he was just like found what Grant Hill wanted and he's just like, come here and it'll be like a brotherhood. We're gonna be like a family. And he was like, Oh, oh really? Oh, Brothers? Okay. Like literally he said like Mike talked him into coming to Duke where like at the beginning of his recruit, like he was. Do you mean I can play Duke. karate in the garage with Bobby Hurley and Christian Leitner? Yeah, Nighthawk. It like yeah, that was very much. He said that the talks that he had with him was like yeah, this is a family. We have this great team. We're just missing you, kind of thing. It was very much like that. He goes to Duke. He has and to change his number though, because he was thirty-two two. in high school yep. for a former uh, South Lakes player who went to Georgetown. But Christian Leitner has 32, so we get the famous 33 now. With Which Grant I Hill. love. Yeah, that's oh, the thing. Dude, that's that's a iconic. Great, yeah. Oh, man. So his freshman year, uh, and the team is loaded at this point. You got Hurley, you got Leitner, Brian Davis, Thomas Hill, uh, Bill McCaffrey, who's Bill McCaffrey. Uh, Ed's brother, and uh, what's his name? Christian's uncle. He was a good three-point shooter for Vanderbilt and Duke. That, yeah, that was, uh, that was quite the team, because we see them in this 91 I mean, shit. I mean, they finished the season sixth overall. Mm-hmm. They get a number two seed. Uh, they roll through uh, Louisiana Monroe, Iowa, Yukon, and St. John's in the Elite Eight to get to the Final Four. And who do they play, Chris? Well, I mean, I don't even want to get into it. You know what it's what I mean? so sad. It is, it is very sad. I really wish UNLV would have won this well, game. It, it, and just to look back at the UNLV, what we thought was going to be the – Dynasty, but you're sitting in jacuzzis with known gamblers, Chris. and then Duke comes in and they're like, "No, no, no, we're gonna be the dynasty." So they beat, and everyone thought UNLV could have won, but they beat them um, and go 79, on to seventy-seven. Yeah, go uh, on to face Kansas, face Kansas in the final. And to me, it's anticlimactic this game for Duke. I mean, you had just literally slayed the dragon, and now you're going against Kansas. And people say that it was sometimes the Final Four game is so much better than that final game. Yeah. Um, they go in and they beat them by seven. Um, there was the iconic play from this game featuring Grant where Bobby Hurley threw up an alley-oop. And Grant makes this. It speaks to how athletic this man is. No, there, there's not a lot of people on the planet who could like reach backwards as they're jumping and then throw, throw it down it at full extension. I mean, it was pretty crazy. Um, so they end up winning the national championship, uh, finishes as fresh. He's a starter on the best team in college basketball as a freshman, 11.2 points a game, 5.1 rebounds, 2.2 assists, but one national championship just isn't enough for these guys. Is it Chris? Well, they come back the next year Mm -hmm. and everybody's back and they go 34 and two. I was going to say they are the number one team. They're coming in. Everyone's like, this is Duke season. Mm -hmm. They just bulldoze through everybody essentially and then we get i mean do you just want to get into the final four yeah that's why not literally I mean, the where final four is well no the elite eight game is most important no you're Before, right you're yes right. because eight. it is no, honestly it is the elite eight they're playing in philly at the spectrum um they're facing a kentucky team which has this massive cinderella run under rick patino jamal mashburn and a collection of dudes that nobody wanted basically yep nobody wanted and um, patino made them a really great kind of team coming together when you need to at the end and this is people say this is one of the best college basketball games like it honestly is because Leitner doesn't miss in the whole game yeah makes no, all his field goals crazy. all his free throws it's back and forth with 2.1 seconds left in overtime um the uh Sean Woods hits a runner for Kentucky uh to put him up uh in the lead but the Blue Devils still have a chance and they get the sun 
of a former college almost quarterback who threw some touchdowns in the NFL to do the inbound pass in Grant. Well, he asked Grant, he goes, do you think you can throw an accurate pass 75 feet? Krzyzewski <laughs> asked him that, and he just says yes. And he goes, as soon as he told me he could do it, I knew he was going to do it. And I thought it was oh, so good man. because when you look at the pass, it really is. Only Leitner could catch it. It's yep. really right in like right there and i mean it's bad defense they don't really even d up on him but he just turns around and hits one of the most iconic shots in college basketball and i heard somebody say this about this era of college basketball unlv and then duke coming through they're like this is when march became mad oh it was awesome and i and i like that yeah because it really was when the college basketball the ncaa attorney was like the fucking shit. Because you wanted Duke to lose. Oh, you, oh, and they you kept actively, winning. And Grant Hill seems like a nice person, oh, but the rest so of nice. that roster could kiss my fat ass. Yep. Oh, but um, but what I never understood about that play, and I don't know if you've ever noticed this, I guess you want the extra defender to help against like oh, Leitner, but there was nobody on Grant. I know. He could just rear back and, you know, fire. Throw an open, yeah, yeah, like without any person in his face like he doesn't have to run along the baseline he just stood there and tossed Chuck, one of the yeah. greatest passes in college basketball history yeah because i think they put the extra guy on leitner yeah and they almost like don't do anything because yeah it doesn't matter because yeah. he catches it turns around shoots it in the goddamn basket yeah 92 93 uh everybody's back uh but leitner and uh brian davis um this is the year grant leads the team in scoring yep. uh, 18 points a game also uh, 6.4 rebounds and 2.8 assists. Um, he's playing a little uh, point guard this year with Bobby Hurley uh, sidelined. And he's like that point forward. He's almost got that Magic Johnson vibe because of his ability to dribble at 6'8 and make great passes. Like he was a ridiculously talented player. Um, they are ranked 10th at the end of the year. They get a three seed. But in the second round of the tournament, they're upset by Jason Kidd, who we did an episode on, and Cal. Yeah. And which is a huge because a lot of people thought they were this is another deep run. Um, even though Leitner's gone, like they're like, no, 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 Grant's like the offense now. And then, but yeah, the, and the season before, I forgot to bring up, they do win the NCAA title, they oh, won yeah. two in a row. Did they we not beat bring the that up? Five. <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah, they I beat, don't like talking about that because of my love for Steve Fisher. Uh, they beat Michigan in that, yeah. yeah, I forgot we didn't bring that up, but yes, so they did go back to back. They were the first team to go back to back since UCLA had 14 in a row, so just saying, when the tournament was like three games. <laughs> Let's be honest here. It's true. You can't get that past me, John Wooden, and your ridiculous pyramid, you jag off. All right, uh, 93-94. He's the man now because Hurley's well, gone. Hurley's gone. He, he, I love this because they were saying the offense just straight up went through him, and they had a play called Charlotte where that was just like, no, 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 Grant's going to do what he needs to do. And they named it Charlotte because the Final Four was in, in Charlotte that oh, year. Oh, man. And that's why they kept naming because they were like – He's taking us there. Yeah, we're going. That's, that's, that's where we're going. Uh, 17.4 points a game, 6.9 uh, rebounds, 5.2 assists. Um, uh, like I said, he's the point forward now um, for them. Led team, the team actually in assists. Um, finish uh, number sixth again in the AP poll, have a number two seed, and go on quite the tournament run. Um, beating Texas Southern, Michigan State, Marquette. Then upset uh, Glenn Big Dog Robinson and Purdue in the Elite Eight. And... Uh, Go to the Final Four, and this is a Final Four U of A played in. Yep. 
Yeah, with uh, Damon Stoudemire, Khalid Reeves. I just want to bring that one up. Um, they beat Florida in the semifinal game, and then they play Arkansas. They, which is just to those tie Arkansas it, teams, man, they were brutal. Tie it all together, Bill Clinton. Yep, who he knows, who he his, knows, because his mom is friends with Bill's wife, not his intern, but his wife. It was, it, it's such a weird thing because I saw an interview. They're like, "Do you like Duke basketball?" And he goes. I like Grant Hill. And it was like, <laughs> I like Grant I, Hill and McDonald's right, and, right, you know, man. dresses. And, fin- uh, and finger-popping bitches. Oh, my God. That's, I'm just, is he the half-plus of our president? Oh, man, maybe. Oh, But uh, they end up losing to, uh, to Richardson and yeah. uh, Corliss Williamson in Arkansas, 76-72. Um, to But that's literally almost three national titles yep. in his college career. And Grant, like men of their time, stayed four years in college. And people say that he might have been the best uh, college player of his era because you see him kind of do literally different kind of like roles in the team. And but he like improved every year yep. and got better in every area of his game as he's a freaking superstar. He really is one of the most all-around. He's like his dad on the fucking football. Like on the, You're you just know, a nice person. And like, he's I just an all-around. Uh, in 93, he was top defensive player. In 94, he was the ACC player, ACC of, the ACC player of the year. Um, first ACC player to ever have 1,900 points. Points, seven hundred rebounds, oh, four hundred assists, two hundred steals, and a hundred blocks. So it keeps going down, and he's just has triple digits on every stat. He's a triple That's, double machine, as yep. we see in the NBA too. Um, Ninety four draft. Um, it's very top heavy. This draft for the it's not like ninety six where just everyone is amazing. You have really three main prospects in the top three, and then Eddie Jones, uh, who had a great career with the Lakers before Kobe showed up. But <laughs> but you're right. It is it is very so. You have uh, Glenn Robinson going first, Jason Kidd going second, and then Grant Hill going third. And then the thing that I saw that they were saying this like yeah, that could be mixed up in any like yeah. any one of those guys could have gone first. Any one of those guys could have gone second. Well, Hill um, and uh, Kidd are Hall of Famers, and yep. Robinson made a number of All Star teams yep. during his career and won a title uh, at the end with the Spurs. So I mean. Like I said, very top heavy. Yes, because there wasn't a that, heck of a no. lot afterwards. Um, ninety four, ninety five, nineteen point nine points a game, six point four rebounds, five assists as the team's starting small forward. Oh, he got drafted by the Pistons. Yeah. I don't think we uh, said that. A We're, ba- a post bad boy Pistons yes. team, which is not good. It is a very rebuild. Um, I saw this commercial. But that they're came rebuilding out. it, unlike Detroit itself. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I saw this commercial that came out that I thought was great. Um, it was like midway through their season and because they were known as the bad boy Pistons and yeah. he's known as like a super nice guy and it's they would have like, hazed the shit out of well, poor Grant. It, it's it's uh, Lampier coaching Lampier, yeah. yeah, coaching him how to be mean and it's like one of the funnier I rem- dude I remember yeah, those it's oh. so f- it, it really is one of the funnier ones because he really knows how to like lean into it and be like I'm being mean right now <laughs> like it, yeah no it was really great but the team is not good. No. Um, he is great. Yeah, he's great. He's the first Pistons rookie with 1,000 points since Isaiah Thomas. Yep. And the team is bad, but he's co-rookie of the year with Jason Kidd. Uh, first Piston to do that since Bing. Dave Bing. Oh, David. Hitting those bingers. That's right. 95-96, <laughs> uh, 20.3 points a game, 9.8 rebounds, which was a career high, and 6.9 assists. 
So he's just lighting up the stat sheet, and they get into those weird teal uniforms, yep. which are so cool I in the 90s. Those. Oh, man. Well, in 94, just to put some perspective on it, Jordan is playing baseball. For a little bit. And they're saying Grant's like the next guy. Well, like he, he keeps, you know what I mean? Much like Jordan, he is super marketable, too, because yep. he's so nice. He yep. has a sense of humor. He just seems like an overall. That's why I hated him on Duke. I'm like, why can't I hate your entire roster? And and. We see that he gets like first an all star voting. Like he yeah. has a bunch of stuff that at the Pistons, because they're not winning, but everybody could see what a great, essentially marketable guy he is. Well, 95 96, they actually make the playoffs. Yep. Granted, they lose to a certain team with a certain man's ambiguous penis, but uh, things are looking up in Detroit. And Hill is the most marketable star in the NBA, not named Michael Jordan. Yep, most triple doubles that year with yep. 10. Um, so it, the, like we were saying, he is a guy that you want to build a team around. They just couldn't figure it out. Yeah, 96-97 um, was an all-NBA first team. Um, won a gold medal in the yep. Atlanta Olympics uh, for the dream team, uh, second dream team. Uh, led uh, the team in, uh, and the Olympics in scoring steals, which is pretty impressive mm -hmm. with, when you look at that roster. Uh, 21.4 points a game, 9.4 rebounds, 7.3 assists, and was the first player since Larry Bird to go 29-7 and seven, and the last until Russell Westbrook had his MVP season. Yep. That's the type of amazing talent this guy was, for those of you who've never got to watch him play. Well, they kind of put him, like we were saying how it happened with Duke, where Bobby kind of like stepped out. He really is playing like this point forward, like how Scottie Pippen does it. Um, Magic, too, kind of. And that's when you see the the assists and the rebounds go up because he could just rebound over any guard. He gets, he, like, the offense is going through him. like Faster than small forwards. Very, quicker, yes, very much. I would say more like... Um, more like magic than Pippen because I agree a hundred percent. Yeah, just the rebounding and the all of that kind of shit. And a likable guy. And the likable. Scotty Pippen wasn't very likable. Oh God, he was a jerk. Uh, led the league in triple doubles that year with thirteen. There were thirty-five triple doubles in the NBA that season. He had thirteen of them. Yep, that's amazing. Uh, they lost in the first round of the playoffs to the Hawks. Uh, Leitner was on that team. Yeah, oddly enough, Dikembe Mutombo. Um, they uh, during the series he averaged almost 24 a game. They lost in five, 97-98. Uh, another great season for him. Not so much for the Pistons as we'll keep on seeing. 21.1 points a game, 7.7 .7 rebounds, 6.8 assists, almost two steals a game. And then we get into our favorite season, the lockout season. Yeah, 99 just kind of shit just goes. I mean, has a good season though. Again, another 21.1 points a game over seven assists, uh, uh, seven rebounds, and then over six assists. Uh, they make the playoffs, but lose again to the Hawks in five. And then in 99, 2000 is his contract season. And he all but balls out that season. This is probably the best he ever played in his career. I would say, but in the NBA. some say, cause he, this is his sixth season as a piston. And some say his workload was too much. So we see it yeah, kind of like... he is the team at this point. He is I think Demars is gone by yep. now. And we see right before the 2000 playoffs, yep. he injures his ankle. He has, and ankle 15th against the Heat. It's like a bad uh, sprain. But because the playoffs are coming up, he decides to play on it like his father. Like his father did. Um, and I think it's... It just it, got worse. Game two. Yeah, and it just keeps progressively getting worse, getting worse. Uh, game two against the 76ers. Uh, he hears like a pop. 
and you see him out there. Yeah. Um, oh, and he's God. just like limping and he's limping and he's like debating whether or not he should stay out. And like, this is what teams do not let their players do anymore. Yeah, no, um, this is me- this is medical staff of their time. Yes, Chris. it's crazy. And he goes back in and he's like, yeah, something popped. I think I need to get off the court. They x-ray it. And he goes, yeah, the trainer was like, <gasps> he was like his bone in his what is wrong with you and his ankle was detached. Yeah, it was like just floating there. And it was just kind of like, oh, yeah. And this is where we see a career that should be. I mean, he had six years of Hall of Fame shit. Oh, yeah. And I was thinking about it with Bonds, where we were talking about how, like, Bonds' career fucking skyrockets after he gets those roids. But you look at those older numbers, and you're like, yeah, but he still had those numbers. This is like that, but it's just like the other way. For another reason and not being a dick. Just your body... It giving up on you. Be, so so this season he has a career high in points a game, yep. 25.8, 6.6 assists, 5 uh, rebounds, 5.2 assists, and he's a free agent. And this is an interesting offseason because Orlando's trying to reinvent itself after Shaq and Penny are pretty much gone. So they go after and they get Tracy McGrady in free agency. They go. They were that close to, I don't know if you know this, to signing Tim Duncan away from San Antonio. Oh, I didn't know that. That's wild. He, for whatever reason, I don't know if it was Robinson or Popovich, but uh, Orlando, owed, no, Orlando offered him a shit ton of money. He yeah. just stayed. Um, but the Magic are successful in bringing Grant Hill in. Did you see, because the two front runners to bring Grant Hill was the Magic and the Bulls. So the oh, Bulls were man. the other team. And his wife says the Bulls had a video shot with Oprah telling him to come to Chicago. <laughs> and they were like, so it, it, it was quite a... Th- but you know what I think factored in, though? The Magic stayed competitive after they lost Shaq. At this point, the Bulls were the absolute dog shit franchise yep. because they, the last dance had just happened. Yep. So I think that might have factored in, or the seven-year contract worth ninety-two point eight million say, dollars. I think the Orlando was like, no, 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 we will pay you as much as we physically can. Like I, I don't, I don't. Care. I drove a truckload of money up to my house. What could I do? We're rich, bitches, and that—that oh. that was the thing. So he's looking that he's going to team up with Tracy McGrady. Everybody's looking at this team as like, oh, this is a high-flying scoring. So the interesting thing about this deal, though, is it wasn't a straight free agency. It was a oh. sign and trade, and what the Magic yep. gave up. It was Chucky Atkins and a player we talked about on this podcast previously, Ben, ben. <laughs> which will play. That's this a bad is, move. I'm mean, a good move for Detroit. Yeah, they were able to get that out of losing their best player of the last decade, but still. Well, how the the spider webs, you know, it. it breaks off, we see the Pistons end up winning a championship with Ben Wallace a couple of years down the road. So I'm just saying, and technically I saw that uh, it came as an agreement, so technically he kind of was a free agent, yeah. but the Pistons were like, can you please, can we do a sign-and-trade? And he was like, yeah, we'll do a sign-and-trade. And because th- that's just Grant Hill. And Orlando was like, yeah, we'll do that too. And it, I mean, luckily for the Pistons, because they end up like rebuilding off of that. Well, for the Magic, and because of Grant's ankle issue, which keeps recurring and crippling him, essentially, it's one of your all-time backfires. He only plays in four games his first season, 14 in his second season, 29 in his third, and missed his, the entirety of his fourth season with the team. I saw that's just sad, dude. In the third and fourth season, he said that when he was trying to come back, he was pushing himself too hard. Again, the medical staff would not allow this, and that's what happened with them shutting him down for the entire fourth season because they were like, "No, no, no, no. 
you're not going to play until it's like completely better. And because it, it literally was the ankle every single time. So like I went to medical school or anything like that. No, uh, 2003, uh, 2004, um, the Pistons, that's the year that they ended up winning. Yep. Um, March of 2003, the doctors actually refractured his ankle and then got it reattached, realigned to his leg bone. Yep. That's f- some messed up. Sur- like, so he went, he's gone through a, like some major surgeries in this four year time in which the first six years he really wasn't injured. He was playing almost every game. Well, that could have been part of it. How they have, yep. those, you know, taking those games too much the work of the year. Yeah. And then five days after that surgery. Oh, yeah. He ends up getting effing MRSA. You talk about like the worst possible luck he could have like for his dad it's like yeah you get a knee injury you're playing football like that you're a running back you touch the ball all the time that happens fucking MRSA yeah what they, the hell he almost died yeah, from it. they brought him in almost and they 105 temperature yep, they didn't know what was wrong they thought maybe he overdosed and then they finally like they were like oh he had surgery a couple of days ago and then yeah. they looked at it they're like this is infected <laughs> don't die grant yeah uh Oh four oh five. He's finally playing again now. It's not the it's not the same team. No, because Tracy McGrady's gone to Houston. Steve Francis is in there. Um, plays in sixty seven games. He was the Eastern Conference uh, Player of the Week uh, during November. Um, Average 19.7 points a game, 4.7 rebounds, 3.3 assists. And you kind of start to see not only the age, but the injuries. But he's still a really good basketball player. And uh, all-around good basketball player. He said that when he came back in this season, he could tell he dropped off on a couple of areas. And he said that he couldn't stay in front of every player now, which I thought was kind of ridiculous. He was such a good defender. He was like, no, nobody can get around me. And he realized like when he came back, he was like, I'm a different player. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. f- following season, uh, only 21 games due to a groin injury and yep. sports hernia surgery. Well, the hernia came because he was favoriting his, his one leg too much. That's what they said. It was like bossy almost, yep. I think, where his back gave out because of the way that he skated. Yep. Yeah. Um, 06, 07, um, ankle rotation therapy in Canada. Uh, ends up starting at shooting guard now, playing in 65 games. Uh points a game, uh, 3.6 rebounds, and 2.1 assists. Uh, They do make the playoffs, but, of course, they're swept by his old friends in Detroit. The Pistons. Yeah, the Pistons. Um, Was a free agent after the year and uh, signs up in Phoenix with the Suns. Uh, I I heard the two teams that were really pushing were the Knicks and the Suns, and they went – he – Wanted to go to the Suns because they were giving him more of like a leadership role. Leadership, and he fit that up-tempo style they were playing with yep. Nash and D'Antoni. Yep. Um, and this is when Phoenix is actually pretty, pretty darn good. good. Yeah, yeah, Nash. I mean, he was winning those MVPs. Outside of that uh, two-week appendectomy, because it's not a basketball season when Grant Hill isn't sidelined for some reason, the poor bastard. Um, had his first 70-game season since he played in Detroit. Um, 13.1 points a game, five rebounds, and almost three assists. So that's pretty darn good for 07-08. And he's becoming this role player, and he's completely – that's the thing about him in this time is, like, he's completely reliable. If you look at these Suns teams, if that – If the Spurs and Lakers didn't if exist. If that big the, dick motherfucker sh- – uh, that's what I mean, though. If if we didn't have these – because the West was really good, you might see a, a Suns final run, but they just couldn't make it past either one of those teams. Well, that's what always kind of surprised me about that Duncan in Orlando thing is, like, I think that might have been a really appealing to him to go to the Eastern Conference when yeah. it was that bad at that time and just get away from Shaq and just completely dominate with yeah. Tracy McGrady and what was thought what to a, be a Oh, man, Grand that Hill. would have been quite the – 
Oh, yeah. That would have been quite the trade. Yeah, quite the trade. Uh, free agency, yeah. Uh, 08 09. He plays in all 82 games. I love that. Grant did it. Yep. He did it. <laughs> one time. Uh, all it takes is one time, according to Little Giants. Uh, 12 points a game, 4.9 rebounds, 2.3 assists. Um, in. Uh, Uh, That year, he also won his first postseason series when they swept the Spurs. Yep. They go all the way to the Western Conference Finals to lose to Kobe. 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 Um, 11.3 points a game, 5.8 rebounds, 2.4 assists uh, the following year. And then in uh, uh, 2010-2011-2012, 10.2 points a game, 7.5 rebounds, 2.2 assists. And then he signs with the Clippers. Chris, he signs with the Clippers. Goes with the clip for a year. And uh, yeah, he's just got a bruised bone in his right knee, though. And he's out for like four months or something. So, like, it, 29 games. For yeah. Him. Well, it, and he said this after uh, the Orlando surgery, which I thought was interesting. He said, if I have another major surgery, I'm going to retire. And then he proceeds to play almost a decade. Yeah. Which you see that. That's tenacity. And the the amount of games he played with Phoenix where he didn't get injured. And you're like, oh, man, we really missed out on that four to five year period where he really would have been in his prime right after the Pistons with, an, a, with a magic team that like probably would have made a, a at least conference final, if not final. Yeah. It it. it is one of these careers kind of like his dad's where you see he kind of gets derailed by injury. Yeah, it's pretty sad. Um, 2013, uh, June 1st, he retires. Um, however, he goes into the Naismith Hall of Fame in 2018 because he was just that good. Yeah. And anybody that played with him knew he was just that good, and it was injuries that limited what was already a Hall of Fame career. I thought it was int- – Leitner said he was like, Grant was the best player I ever played with. And – he played with some great players. Oh, so yeah. It's, yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty fantastic for him. Uh, finished his career 16.7 points a game, six rebounds, 4.1 assists. Honestly, what could have been, man? That's the saddest part. But uh, now he's a part of an ownership group for the Atlanta Hawks. Yep. Um, he does CBS and Turner March Madness because he is March Madness. I was, he was March Madness when he played college basketball. Yes. And he's an affable guy. He knows a hell of a lot about the game. Like, why wouldn't you want him broadcasting it? And he's so much more likable than a douche like Tony Romo. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, I actually really like him. And I normally don't like broadcast. Like, sometimes I'll turn the sound off because I'm like, this guy has no idea what he's talking about. Grant knows what he's talking about. He's been there. He's, like, literally someone that you want to hear. You're just like, yeah. Yeah. Like, when him and Weber do it, I'm just like, thank God. Yes, I love that. Right? Like, two guys who... Should be there. Yep. Right? Um, but yeah, Grand Hill, fantastic career, seven-time All-Star, uh, co-rookie of the year, two-time NCAA champion, and also the high school in Virginia, Mr. Basketball. We can't forget that one. So Thank you all.